Hello and welcome to the South Coast Football Holic for another week. This week on the podcast, we are doing a Fraternity Club Cup pre-season group stage review. And on this episode, I've got Opiel and former podcast host Dylan Arvella. Dylan, how you going, mate? Not too bad, Mr. Pollard. It's glad to be on for the first time this yeah. year. And uh, we're talking about the competition that, of course, your your sponsor has the naming rights to. Yeah, so looking yeah, forward to having a chat. It's been an entertaining competition so far. But before we get into the group stage review, I just want to touch on, obviously, the last week, your book about the Winona Sharks 2020 IPL campaign and their successes in that, the a drop in the ocean. So that was released last Thursday. So how's the support for that book been? The support has been been fantastic and I've really appreciated everyone that's bought a copy of the book, uh, especially those who pre-ordered it without uh, the product being seen. Um, within a few days, because it was just meant to be an e-book mm. originally. Yeah. Um, and then within three or four days, I had a dozen or so people wanting... Wanting it printed. Wanting a hard copy, yeah. So I had to think, oh, shit, what do I need to do here? Yeah. So I, I managed to get it printed and nearly 100 people bought copies of the printed book, which is uh, I'm hoping to get in my hands in the next mm. week or so. But uh, the support's been fantastic. And what, what do you think of the name? A drop in the ocean? That's perfect ocean name. Ocean Park. Perfect name. You see what I'm Shark trying to is, do there? Yeah, we all know. Yeah, right. We all know. But um, speaking of, like, obviously, the rewards for your hard work putting into that book is coming to fruition now. The process of writing this book, how was it? How was this process for you? So, like, when did you start? How long did it take? All that jazz. How, how was that? So, I think the idea of the book happened probably between the Winuna winning against Albion Park in the preliminary final and the grand yeah. final. So, regardless of the result in the grand final, I was going to do something. Going to do something, whether it was to be a long form piece on the former or potentially a book. Um, yeah. And obviously this stems back from the fact that I tipped them to come last, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after the grand final, within the next fortnight, I had done most of the interviews. Uh, still not quite sure whether it'd be a book or just an online piece just a feature. or whatnot. Yeah. Um, then I transcribed all those interviews, which I had about six, seven hours worth of wow, interviews. So um, <laughs> going through all of that was, uh, took, a, took a fair while. The first chapter... Mm. Took a couple of weeks because that, yeah, well, that, that was about the history, the history of the yeah. club. And I've got to thank Travis Folks from uh, Football United v Soccer City who really helped me with that mm. that chapter. So that took a fair while. And then probably most of the writing was done in January because yeah. I knew what I was writing about. I had the quotes. So basically January was full of me writing. Yeah. Um, the edi- editing took about a week or two. I've got to thank... One, my mum for helping yeah. me, Cal Barrett and uh, Tim Gibson for helping me proofread all of that. Um, and yeah, I was even making a few s- slight changes within yeah. a couple of hours of the deadline. Yeah, so. oh, there you go. So favourite part about writing this book over the last few months, what has it been? It's got to be the interviews and the, it's always the interviews when you're writing a story because yeah. that's obviously where you're getting... Uh, the content from and the part the the part that I really enjoyed was seeing the emotion in the voices and the faces yeah. of the people I was Who interviewing yeah. when I was t- specific, specifically when I was talking to them about that final day yeah. when they won the league title and how much it, it meant to them and it the was a crazy day mm. I remember being there just watching it unfold in front of my eyes just in disbelief so where, obviously for people who haven't ordered yet where can people order a copy. So it is available as an ebook on Amazon, which you can get through 
uh, the Kindle app, which is on iPhones, iPads, Android phones, uh, or even you can get it on a computer or a Kindle, of course. Yeah, it's yeah. $10 now for the ebook. Uh, I've got a few copies still available for the um, the print, which would be $15, but uh, once they run out, people can order them off um, Amazon for $25. Just search uh, Drop in the Ocean um, on there or even type in my name. And... Um, yeah, they'll be arriving in the next week or so, and, I, and mm. I've got an exclusive for you. I don't yeah. know if it's an exclusive, but I'll be uh, handy one over to yourself uh, Fantastic. for a little giveaway. Um, yep. Whether it's, I'll leave it up to you of how you're going to go about yeah. doing that, uh, yeah. whether a, a devoted Sharky gets it or a local football fan, but um, yeah, I'll leave that to We'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll see how it goes. No, it'll be a satisfying... The day does come out, that tangible book is in your hands because it's a, it's a, it's hard work writing a writing a piece like that. It was that eighty eighty so pages. A uh, lot so of work. The, the print version one hundred and twenty. Yeah. The Kindle version just because it resizes and whatnot to eighty five, but yeah, about thirty five thousand words, which in book standards isn't isn't huge, but considering yeah. the longest thing I've written before no, that was probably yeah. six or seven thousand yeah. words, it was yeah. uh, a fair effort. I'm proud it is, of it. It's a big effort. Nah, no. I hope people Credit enjoy it. Credit to you. It's fantastic to like name one other local league in this country that would have a book written after a fairy tale story like that in the local league. Like there's there's none none I can think of in any sport in the in the in the country. So credit to you there. A lot of hard work was put into that. But anyway, we'll get into the Frat Cup group stage review now. We'll start with the Premier League groups first though. We've got Group E where Tarawana Blueies are going to progress through to the quarterfinals on Wednesday night. However, it wasn't too much in it. All three teams finished with three points with Tarawana and Coniston on the same goal difference, same four, same against, you name it, same everything. Tarawana went through on head-to-head. Results from this were Tarawana 4, Coniston 1 in the first game. Paul Campbell defeated Tarawana 3-1 in the second game, leaving a nervy wait for Tarawana in the final game where Coniston got up 4-0 over Paul Kembler. Key points to take out for this one. So obviously Tara go ahead, through on head-to-head against Coniston. Like we said, finishing in the same possible in this every stat, same possible way. Not too much to play them in this group deal. It's a very, very tight group, as the table suggests and indicates. Um, and they're probably three teams with similar ambitions this season, all hoping to probably snare that final spot in the finals. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's really curious to see how random the results seem to be across those three games. And attack was king in this group. You've got to look at it. All teams conceded big amounts of goals in at least one game. You've got to look at it. Paul Campbell shipped four in the last game. Tawana shipped three in the second. And Coniston shipped four in the first. Mm. Obviously, do you reckon this is an exciting preview for the season starting up in a couple of weeks? Well, across the the whole competition, there's been plenty of goals. In this group in particular, I don't know whether... I only saw one of these particular games, which was Port Kembler against Tarawana. Um, I'm not too sure whether this is an indication of uh, coaches needing to improve defences yeah. or just attacks being on song. But mm. uh, yeah, interesting group, uh, this particular one. And it's well, look, I've been writing the reviews for for Football South Coast for these things, yeah. and one of the things that have been one of the things that's sort of getting me going is you're calling them groups. The thing says Paul. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Just call them groups, I reckon. Just call them groups. It's easier. It's like the World Cup. They call they call them like Group E, Group F, don't they? They don't call them pools, don't they? No, I, I tend to agree with you. So I'm yeah. blaming Bobby. <laughs> that like a lot of people say it's pre-season. It doesn't matter. 
yes, there is a way where, okay, it's pre-season, results don't matter, doesn't count for anything unless if you, everyone's gunning to win that frat cup, which most of the teams aren't. They're just shaping up for the season in a few weeks. But in a sense, pre-season does matter. You're getting the squad together. You're trying to gel as quickly as possible. Tarawana, on the other hand, though, they've kept the majority of their young squad, which made the top five last season. They've got the stability of keeping their squad together, put them in a good position in pre-season when other teams are still gelling together, though. What will be work in Tarawana's favour is the fact that so many of those players are young and they've got a full season, yeah. well, a full technical, technically a full season under their belt, which will do wonders for them. Uh, you look at the likes of Learmonth and you know your Thomas Sillows and, and they've like, got finals experience yeah, and, now too. You got to look at the, the one finals yeah, game they played. And they were tremendous in that. 120 minutes in the heat against Albion Park. And it's the same coach, so you're not changing. There's, so I there's think no there's, dramatic, drastic change. But it still, it still should be it should be noted that it's sad that uh, Mitch Ferraro and Zach Masevsky are probably going to miss all the yeah. all of this year with the knee injuries. Yeah, they're, they're huge outs, but yeah. there's plenty of young attacking, a uh, younger talent across that squad, and, uh, and Josh Crapper has gone across there from mm. Port Campbell. It was funny to see he actually yeah. did the coin toss against Port Campbell. Oh, did he really? So <laughs> I'm not sure if he'll be wearing the armband, but uh, he's, a, he's an exciting player to watch. Yeah, nah, fantastic to see. We'll move on now to uh, another interesting group, Group F, which involved Balambi topping the group over Winuna Sharks, the running champions, and Cringilla Lions in third. Results from this round, so but there wasn't too many goals scored in this in this group as opposed to the first group. Balambi defeated Cringilla 2-1 in the first game, but that was all the goals saw with two nil-all draws in the next games between Balambi and Winuna. Winuna getting up 4-2 over penalties on Balambi, giving them two points instead of three for a win because they obviously drew at the end of regulation time. And Cringilla defeated Winuna last week 5-4 on penalties after the game finished nil-nil, meaning Cringilla finished at the foot of the group on two points. Winuna were on three points. And Balambi with the only win in regular time, getting the four points. And that gets himself through to the next round. Key points from this group, though, there was only three goals scored over three games. Lowest of any group in the competition. Is this an area of concern for the teams, do you reckon? Or is it just a matter of fact of... It's kind of a similar question to the last group Mm. on the opposite spectrum. You're being very generous by calling it an interesting group, this one. Uh, I watched a couple in this group and I think for all three sides goals will be the fundamental issue yeah. for for them none of them have an out and out uh, striker with IPL pedigree though Wanuna do have Corey Haynes-Gross who didn't play who didn't in the competition play any of the two. Yeah. Um, but that's also concerning because he hasn't had played pro-season yet so mm. will he be ready for round one mm. uh, I believe it's a, an ankle or a foot, some sort of foot injury that he's got at the moment uh, but yeah goals will be a concern for all three of these sides um, but in the end Balambi who I did have a lot of concerns for before this, this tournament kicked off I had a lot of concerns mm. for them a new coach a very capable coach in Jeff yeah. Allport but a lot of new players and to, structurally they looked pretty sound but it'll still be about mm. whether they can get goals in the back of the net uh, and probably the key takeaway from the tournament on a negative front for Cringilla is uh, Valentina Maxushi picked up a groin strain in the last match for Crini, which could have an impact on, on their round attacking one. Yeah. Uh, prospects. I don't know if it's too serious, but yeah, I think he might miss the opening yeah. rounds. Gr- yeah, groins are a, are, a, are a tough injury to Hello. have, especially for a footballer. <laughs> you know, you've got to pass the ball somehow, but... Yep. Um, yeah, whether that puts an injury clown over his hand for round one, we are yet to find out over the next couple of weeks. But look, 
we'll see. There's a still a few weeks before the season starts. Winuna, however, though, they have maintained their strong defensive record from last season. Shit, no goals in regular time. You can't, can't be too displeased with that, I don't think. Yeah, and they had a, a few new faces in that squad as well. Mm. Della Vadova and Max Ashton played pretty big minutes in this competition. Um, and what I didn't mind about, uh, I believe it's Jordan, is his first name. Jordan yeah, Della, Della Vadova, Vadova, yeah. Um, he loves the tackle, uh, him and Taro at the back. So it'll be interesting to see how much he plays. He starts for the first grade side because, of course, they have plenty of centre-back yeah, options. Thomas Burke as well. Um, and yeah, Thomas Burke, uh, Besgrove. Uh, but I still think that they're a side that has a really, really rigid defence. And obviously, I would imagine they're going to finish higher than the other two teams in this in this group mm. in the regular season. Time will tell, I guess. We'll just see. But look, like you touched on earlier, very different looking Balambi's team in 2021. But that progressing through this group, though, can only be a positive for the team with, like you said, a new coach, several young players featuring as well. So look, all in all, some positive signs. They're going through to the quarterfinals, I suppose. A big boost for confidence, no doubt. Yeah, 100%. A very youthful Cringilla, though, for 2021. You know, players like Nikai came into their own towards the end of last season as well. It's only early days. Be interesting to see how they go because, yeah, towards the end of the year, it was, it was quite a positive um, outcome for Grigilla when Paul Mikamai took over for the last couple of games. And Nikai, obviously, he was uh, he was quite he scored quite a few goals towards the end of the year. So yeah, look, he could be a, a possible goal scoring outlet for them in twenty twenty one. But we'll move on to probably the most interesting group of the Premier League groups in Pool or Group G, I should say, where Bulleye top the group. Now Bulleye were one of the only two teams in the Premier League group to win both games. Them and Albion Park grabbed the full six points. Bulleye, though, dominant in this group by far, scoring eight goals in the two games. They defeated Coromel 4 in the first game before knocking off Wollongong Olympic 4-2 in the second. Wollongong Olympic rounded out the group stage with a 1-0 win over Coromel over the weekend. And look, Dill, Bulleye, absolutely outstanding form to start of the year. Have they been the form team of this competition so far? They've been excellent so far. Um, they were terrific against Coromel. For the entire match, they were by far the best team for about two-thirds of the match against Olympic, whereas Olympic were the better probably for the last half hour. But Olympic are, of course, a very good side. Strong side. Um, so Bulleye have plenty of positives. And, um, yeah, the recruitment and the the squad that um, Julio Miranda has put together at Balls Paddock is, is pretty strong. Littler and Knight coming back, you just... That's all you have to say when when you when you judge their recruitment in the off season. But not only just that, they were outstanding attack, scoring eight goals across the two games. Like I said, Benny McDonald grabbing four of those goals. Look, he's continuing on his goal scoring form from last season, and their attack is going to be one almighty force this year. Yeah, Bulleye have, have prided themselves on their attack throughout uh, their entire successful period mm. of the last dec- or decade or so. And you mentioned McDonald. He just continues to score goals. I think he ended up with four in the group stage. You've got um, Joel Beattie that's into the, into the yeah. uh, side now, who's got plenty of energy and plenty of goal. Van Zyl's got a cracker against yeah. Olympic. And uh, I believe one. Mitch Del Turco will be coming back onto the books there, which will be a tremendous attacking position. You, you've already mentioned Littler. Um, 
Julio Miranda in an article I wrote for the Informer was saying that uh, Jacob Tupano said that mm. he'd be the signing of the season, and I, I, I reckon he's far off. In, in terms <laughs> of in terms of a defender, they don't get much better in the, at this level. And Guy Knight, he's had a bit of a he hasn't been a hundred percent match fit, but he left as the best player in the league. He he, he, he he's come back as a New South Wales state mm. representative. He represented the state at and that state of origin at, just in November, I think it was. So. It, He's 27, 28 now, prime of his Still career. Plenty of years left. He's a bullseye legend, and he could do tremendous things. And I also want to mention a player that I didn't know anything about before these two games, but he, I believe he was at Wolves, maybe under ends or under 20s last year, Jake Levy. Um, he was playing in sort of a maybe a number eight slash number 10 sort of role. Mm-hmm. He's a youngster that really impressed me. He played probably about 90 of the 140 minutes across the two games. He looks like yeah. a pretty cool pickup as well. Yeah, well, great great, great signs for Bulleye. Now, like you said, you watched Bulleye against the Olympic just a week or so ago. Several new signings on display for both sides. So Olympic in particular have made some huge signings along with maintaining the core of their squad the last few years. How did they look from your perspective on that day? Because there was quite a few big name signings in that lineup. Well, the defence was at sixes and sevens for the first half. Um, mm-hmm. But I would imagine that given the personnel that they have in that defensive third in goals, that that improves. Mm. Uh, I just thought the Bulleye caught them out in, in that particular on that particular day because the players that they have are too good to be defending like they were on for the, at least the first half. But yeah, their their attack looks looks quite impressive. Hikaru Kawasaki, of course, the green final yeah. match winner, comes across for more mm-hmm. United. He's a tremendous player. Matt Floro, who is probably an underrated player in this league, he's been doing it for mm. quite quite some time now, and I think yeah. he's a very effective player. And, and uh, Josh, of course, Josh McDonald, from who, City United, yeah, who's got you know a handful of A League games under his belt. He was playing for one of the best MPL one sides mm. last year. Won a grand final, two years. Final, yeah. Um, he could do tremendous things. And Johnny Martinowski, who I think will be injured for the first part of this. The first part of the season comes back into that side as well, but that's a gun attack. The one thing I will note, it's the first time Olympic have played in a number of years without a complete out-and-out number nine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, they had Ueda and then Hasegawa. Mm -hmm. Uh, It seems that Hikaru Kawasaki will be the one playing through the middle, but um, he's he's a different sort of a player. Yeah, yeah, creative nonetheless, though. So will will it work? Could, Could possibly work, you know, like... He scored, he scored the goal in the grand final last year. He created it. So he, he can create anything in this league. Uh, Hikaru Kawasaki, yeah, he's quite a strong player. Coromore, on the other hand, obviously had an interesting last couple of weeks with coaching changes, going to take some time to adjust. They had two of the toughest teams in the league to go up against as well. So, look, how would you sum up their two results in the Cup so far? It's, it's hard to read um, Coromore. Uh, not really sure how the squad's going to be impacted long-term. Um, but they were really poor against Bulleye. Uh, and then I didn't watch the game against Olympic, but mm. obviously 1-0 defeat in a dead rubber, it's hard to, hard to tell. that. But they still had good players out there, especially in the likes of Good Child and Norville. Yeah. And I think that in terms of their attack, those two are going to be the main drivers, and it's about whether they can get enough ball in good positions to yeah. be effective. But... It's it's really it's really hard to get a read of them, but uh, it's not a perfect way to lead into the no. into round one. But that being said, Gon Trudeski and Chris Peros 
inhibited Albion Park in a similar situation last year and look what happened to Albion Park towards the end of last year. One game off the grand final. A couple of minutes off a grand final, really. They conceded late in that semi-final as well. Speaking of Albion Park, we'll move on to Group F where Albion Park topped the group with six points. The only other team along the ball to get the full six points in the Premier League groups. We'll go through the results there. Wollongong United 6 defeated South Coast United 1 in a demolition in the first game. Albion Park got up 2-1 over Wollongong United the week later. And over the weekend, Albion Park defeated South Coast United 3-1, meaning that Wollongong United finished second on three points. South Coast United finished last in this group with zero points. Key talking points from this one, Albion Park, perfect run through the first two group games with two wins. They and Bulleye, like we said, only two teams in the Premier League to do so. So, look, positive signs. Very positive. Albion Park have lofty ambitions this season. They've recruited Rob Birkin as their coach, who's got a lot, plenty of experience in this league. Yep. They've recruited some some interesting names and some quality names and retained a lot of good players as yep. well. So they're... Uh, have, they, they're looking, have, they, have they lost any from the top of your head? I don't think they've I'm lost probably many. Gonna, uh, yeah. Someone completely... Nick Armand's probably the, yeah, the only one that comes flame. to mind. Yeah. Um, Far out. You, you've, you're I don't, that one I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think they've lost much. But they've they've knocked United out of the preseason cup. United are obviously they've uh, won five. Yeah. Don't they? So won, to knock them out's yeah. no mean feat. So tremendously positive for um, Rob Birkin's side. And JC Max, one of the new signings as well from the US Virgin Islands international, scored on his debut against South Coast on the weekend. And he looked dangerous quite throughout the game. You wrote, wrote an article about Mac the day before that came out on Friday on the IPL Informer last week. So, look, how was he and what did he think of the IPL for those who haven't read the article? I really enjoyed writing this article. Yeah. I met up with him in uh, the lighthouse in Wollongong, had a yeah. good chat with him for about half an hour or so. Took a nice photo. <laughs> um, that was a struggle. There's too many tourists around. Oh, really? In the background. Um, so you blended in a bit, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, but... Um, what I really liked about that is how you could tell how much he absolutely loves football. Yeah, and that was quite quite infectious. Um, obviously, he's uh, it's it's quite eye catching that he's playing for international football currently. Mm. But he's got pedigree. He's played in Finland, he's played yeah. Iceland, the lower leagues in France, mm. New Zealand. He's got rec- a recommendation from Chris Jackson, who's you know former, former Dandaloo, IPL legend, yeah, legend, and. Um, he scored in his debut. Obviously, mm. you, you, you saw him there, and yep. um, I think that it seems that he could be a. He might not be Shun Showtime, Showtime, yeah. But uh, if he can be half as good, they've got a tremendous pick up there. Right, he's uh, watching him on the weekend. He's a very dangerous player, and he'll they'll be looking to get him on the ball a fair bit because look, he can create stuff. Wollongong United will go to them now. They had a huge win against South Coast in the first game and quite honestly could have had a few more goals on the night. They looked very sharp throughout that whole night. Would have been disappointing for the club, though, going down Albion Park. They would have liked to add another trophy to the cabinet. They will be very dangerous throughout the season, though. Your thoughts on Wollongong United so far? United, they still have a, good, a strong a strong. They've squad. maintained most um, of the squad from last year. They've picked up Matty Brennan, Sam Nastic's back. Uh, so Versi's come back. That's Versi today. Picked up Versi today. The major outs Kawasakiya. Yeah. Obviously, as we mentioned, has gone across to Olympic. But uh, with Versi coming in, they're still a top three hope. Obviously, disappointed that uh, mm. they'd be disappointed that they're not into the knockout stage. But um, I think that 
come round one, they'll be ready to make an assault on that top three. Yeah, well, they've definitely got all the motivation they need after, obviously, the disappointment of the final day last year. But look, that they, they want to win everything this year. So that, that's all the motivation that Wollongong United needs. Finally, South Coast United, they opened up the cup with a very tough night at the office at Ian McLennan. Going up against the running grand final champions, reigning frat cup champions, looking to win it all in 2021. It seemed like there were ominous signs for the team going into Saturday's game against Albion Park after that 6-1 loss. Going, despite going down to 3-1 Albion Park, though, a positive sign for the team would have been keeping a clean sheet in the second half, considering that three under-20 players did start, with several youth players making their debut for the club. It is a tough start of the pre-season results-wise. It will be interesting to see how they progress, particularly over the next two months or so. Look... T- tough start the process in your thoughts on South Coast deal I've only seen South Coast in their match against Berkeley which was I'm pretty sure that was their first game and I think it ended 4-1 um, was a game that you're not going to write home about uh, no not too many major additions to the squad um, and I think um, they're going to have to South Coast are going to really have to hope that uh have a bit more luck with injuries. I know Bjorn Cook chose had some issues uh, in process with his back. Um, they'll need him fit. They'll need the likes of Ricky Patakis to play more often than not because um, I think Ricky's the, the key man to get the most out of um, Jamie Wakeling up front um, and that's that's going to be their probably perhaps their main their main route to goal. But I want to know about the, uh, the goal scorer. <laughs> In the game against Albion oh, Park, please, because that's, that's what that's what people about, are listening for. Speaking about nothing to write home about. Yeah, well, that's what. <laughs> oh. I, I, I'm pretty sure you still had your kid on when you messaged me that you scored on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, look, it's it was my once in every two year phenomena, so I'll latch on it as much as I can. I don't care if I tapped it in for two meters out; I'll take it. But that's not what the text message said. Nah, look, you can read. Apparently, what, you can read it to whatever you want. Apparently, you did a rainbow flick over Blake Horton. <laughs> Blake Horton tried to retreat, he tripped uh, over, and then please. you did a back heel into the goal. Far out. I didn't know you had it in you. Oh, mate, I didn't either until now. <laughs> we'll move on on that note, on that positive note. We'll move on to the district and community league groups. Quick recap of those. So group A, we had Shellcove top on that group going through to the quarters over on eight points over Unanzera on seven. University finished on three points while Port Campbell Pumas from the Community League, finished in with zero points. Group B, however, was very interesting. Fernhill topped the group with seven points. Community League Club, Jeringong Breakers with five points. A win, a draw, well, sorry, technically two wins because they won on penalties after that draw and one loss as well. Kaya Macquarie's finished on four points. Berkeley Sports finished on two points at the foot of the bottom. But still, great to see the Breakers up there and competing. Finished second in their group. It bodes well for them, who considering they're looking to promote themselves to district league next year after they did win it last season. Well, we'll talk about other community league clubs later, but it's, it's good to see some link up between the ambitious community league sides and the district league. Oh yeah, uh, finally after a number of years, uh, Andy Lockhart is the coach at Jeringong is keen to get them into the district league as soon as possible yeah. and he's pretty confident that once they get there they'll have a pretty strong squad and well they've got some strong juniors as well so it bodes well for the future and in, in addition know, could they be a premier league side within the next 10 years you, you never know but i think yeah. that um given their results against kiama and berkeley it probably indicates that they're, they're a side that will be gunning for the top two yeah i do just want to mention one of their their star players 
Paul Gaffney, he had a bit of a medical episode after the game yeah. on the weekend. Um, and I've been told that he's in a stable condition now. But fair play to everyone who um, who was able yeah. to help him out mm. uh, in in the immediate time after that, and hopefully yeah. that uh, he's on on the yeah, way to recovery. Hopefully on the mend. So we we seeing Paul at our best. Hopefully the condition improves over the next week or so as well. We all we're all praying for you, mate. Moving on to Group C now. So Helensburg Thistle dominating this group with a clean sweep, nine points, goal difference of 14, 16 goals for. Just shipped two goals throughout the whole campaign. Oak Flats Falcons, the reigning district league champions, finished on six points, just three points behind Helensburg. Obviously, their one loss coming against the Thistle. Another community league side punching above the district league, finishing above the district league teams in Dandaloo First Division, finishing on two points, and Picton Rangers, unfortunately, finishing on one point at the foot of that group. But look... Helensburg absolutely dominant, scoring twice as many goals as the next best team, scoring more goals than all th- other three teams combined. They will be a huge force in the district league in 2021. Definitely the team to beat, you reckon? Look, they're eighty to take out the district league <laughs> at this stage. They've got so much Who, Who's offering those odds? Uh, Berg bet. Um, so, <laughs> at this stage... The, Get Brad Slushy what's on that. Their attack's tremendous, but the defence is really solid as well. And uh, they haven't... Helmsburg haven't recruited all these players and brought in Andy Payne mm. not to get not promoted. to get promoted. They're going all so out. in some ways there's a little bit of pressure on them, but the talent oh, in that squad's yeah. tremendous. The Falcons should be challenging them. And over twenty two rounds, I think they'll be better than that six one result in round one. Oh yeah. For sure. Uh, proves. But uh yeah, Helmsburg are a team the team that's gonna do some Pretty interesting things in that competition. Yeah. It'll be interesting also to see how they go in the the quarters as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah, fair play to Dandaloo. Yeah, one hundred percent. Or the once uh, Premier League powerhouse as yep. well from not too long ago. The Thistle, though, you got to look at some of their recruits. Their recruits were killing it in the Premier League last season, let alone the District League. So it bodes well for the side from up near, in between the Shire and the Lamar, I would say. <laughs> That's how geography works. I'm supposed so. Look, I wasn't the best geography student in my time, but you know what? At least I knew that. I was at Helensburg Coles the other day. Oh, where are you now? Well, yeah, I was just uh, right. ducked in on the way back. It was a okay. It's a nice, nice chance to no. get out to get out to the regions, <laughs> explore the uh, Andy Payne wasn't there. No, he wasn't. That's a shame. <laughs> Moving on to Group D now, though. The Thoreau Thunder topping the group with eight points, but. What an, another big story as well. Albion Park City, probably the best performing community league side out of the lot. Certainly got the most points. They got eight points. Oh, sorry, six points. Not eight points. The rule finished with eight points. Albion Park City finishing with six points over their three games. Two wins and a loss. Balgany Rangers finishing third on two points. Just ahead of Warrella Wanderers, who were equal on points, but had one less goal difference as well. Albion Park City... Fantastic preseason, grabbing two wins in their group and just two points off top place. The rule, Jongong and Port Pumas, the two community league finals from last year, will have some more competition now with City improving. Well, the the community league celebrity club, that's for yeah, sure. Oh, one hundred percent. Two out and out wins as well. Mm. Uh, Should have seen Adrian Archuli with his little brim out. His on smile the would have been. He was glowing. You could see from hundred meters away. He would have loved it, and you know, fair play to him. Fair play to them. They're playing out at Coldwater from the Anglican College yeah. season, so 
apparently the field's looking pretty good there. Oh, so yeah, I've seen pretty I've seen happy, progress with it. Pretty happy with that, but uh, probably a bit off-putting if you're a if you're a Bougainville or Rilla fan, though. Yeah, definitely. But you got to look at it as well. This club has done some tremendous things the last few years with charity games and everything like that as well. So to see him do well puts a smile on your face, doesn't it? Anyway, puts it on Adrian's face. Yeah, I, I, mate, we'll have to. And get that him. makes me. We'll have to get, him, that on. Makes we'll have to get him on one day just to chat everything city because mm. I'm sure he'll love it. Moving on though to this Wednesday night, you could say it's crunch time in these in the cup, the for the fraternity club cup quarterfinals, all taking place on Wednesday the 10th of March. We'll start off with the first one though, the early game at Crean Park, Bulleye against Fernhill. A Northern Derby, a Northern Premier League Derby from a few years ago, but now just the Northern Derby District League Club. Looking, obviously, they've, they've had a very solid start to the preseason. They'll be looking to gun for that promotion with the Berg and Oak Flats. But Bulleye, though, form team of the competition. Personally, I can't see anything getting past them at the moment. Yeah, I do think that I will mention Fernhill. I expect them to go pretty well this season. I'll, yeah. I'll probably have them as the third team in the district league after Oak Flats definite and Definite top Helensburg. five at this stage, I reckon. Yeah, definite yeah. top five. I think Dale White, second year as a coach, would have uh, he would have gained a lot of sort of confidence in himself and in yeah. his team by making the finals last year. And But in this particular game, obviously, Bulleye should be too good. Power, um, yeah. and I think that the Foxes just need to be wary of conceding early because they don't want a demoralising yeah. defeat a week or so out from the, yeah. the regular season. We've had, we have seen crazier things happen, though, so you never know. That's 6pm Wednesday at John Cram Parker and Gilla. The 8pm game, though, will be the only Premier League clash, or meaning Premier League club against Premier League club. So Tarawana will go up against Balambi at 8pm. Look, another Northern Derby. All four clubs featuring that night, all four different clubs, will be Northern teams. So something must be going all right up past Memorial Drive. Tarawana, I would say, are the, are the favourites going into this, this one, given they're obviously they made finals last year, kept the core of their squad together. Balambi, though, plenty of confidence after topping their group. There's probably a bit more surety over their goal-scoring situation, Tarawana, that is. So yeah. I'd probably be leaning towards them to get through in this particular match. Uh, but Balambi's defence has proved to be pretty stubborn over their, their couple of games. Yeah, 100%. Moving on to the other games, though, on Wednesday night. This is the 6pm game at Macedonia Park. We've got Thoreau up against Shell Cove. Probably the tightest, the hardest one to call out of the four quarterfinals, given that both perform similar in the group stage. Both are district league clubs. It'll be interesting to go. I'll probably lean towards, at the moment, maybe Shell Cove just. Well, well I'll be tipping Shell Cove as well, just because they overcame... A tougher group. The likes yeah. of Unidara, University are a was, pretty decent team, yeah. whereas uh, in the rules group, what was it? It was... Um, Balgani, Warula, and Albion Park Warula, City. Yeah. And the community league team in Albion Park City. So, uh, but it's, that's probably the... the uh, that's a coin toss similar to the Tarawana Bolivia yeah. game. Although the, probably the most interesting fixture of the lot, 8pm Wednesday night at Macedonia Park, is Albion Park... The two perfect teams, Albion Park against Helensburg, 8pm on Wednesday. Helensburg with their big signings, Albion Park, big signings. It's You'd, you'd be leaning towards Albion Park based on the fact that they'll be gunning for the Premier League title this year. But look, Helensburg are looking, looking pretty sharp. Well, it's definitely a banana skin for the White Eagles. You'd think that if both sides are gunning for it, you'd expect Albion Park to, to get the biscuits. But yeah. um, 
Helensburg, you know, they've, they've if they can land a couple of blows, the defence can, can get dug in. you got, you got to look at it. Helensburg's attack is filled with several players who played for the Berlambi side last year that caused Albion Park a few issues. So it could go, it could go either way. You never yeah. know. I'm still going to tip a, a wide equals win. I would go Albion Park. Though. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't think... But I reckon both. It's, I think the it'll, it'll be. I reckon it'll be a good game. I reckon. And also, I want to yeah. mention because uh, we didn't mention him earlier. Okay, can sell off seven goals in the group. He scored stage, a hat trick so. inside like 10, 12 minutes on the weekend. And there was plenty was of. Uh, but, but he had some dance moves for his goal celebrations as well. Well, they well that that was on the frack up review uh, article earlier. That came out earlier or tonight. Recording this podcast on Monday. He does have some moves. There's some characters in that squad, isn't there? Well, he'll be hoping to pull off a lot of moves this yeah. season. I, and I think uh, Slush Watts will get, Slush it, Watts. get involved. I think there's plenty of players that uh, will be keen to uh, get their dancing shoes on. And you never know, Andy Payne might mm. get involved as well. <laughs> Payne on the dance floor, yeah. huh? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Slush Watts, though, just in, the, just in the rumor mill, there's a chance he might be coming on the pod in the next couple of weeks. So be sure to listen out for that one. Oh. <laughs> I hear he's doing a link up with a certain Vaughan Patterson as well. Could be very interesting. Spicy. Spicy, spicy, slushy. Okay, well, that is our Frat Cup review for the group stage. Obviously, sponsored by the Fraternity Club, this podcast and this competition. Be sure to support the club. Dill, mate, great to have you on again. I missed missed our chats. No, it's been good to go over the group stage and just the finals of the Frat Cup just means that the regular season is just around the corner. Two and a half weeks away. We're getting close. Thanks for listening.